Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Got a little news for you. It's the news update on Make It Rain. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Dane. I'm Alex Fasano with your Make It Rain news update. Dane, congratulations on your nomination. You got my vote if it actually counted, but sadly it doesn't. But congratulations on the nomination. And congratulations to Ken Jennings, I guess, for winning the Tournament of Champions. Fasano, you got to tell them for my background for fantasy freestyle. You know how it says like two time uh, nomination. Yeah, you got to change it to three times, three brother time man. Three-time nominee. I like the sound of that. Let's... I like the sound of that, Dan. That's pretty cool. And Ken Jennings just get also. The, just get the one that says winner. <laughs> just get that one ready. Yeah, I'll, I'll, get I'll, make, ready. Both. I'll make both. That way you got both. You guys, I appreciate it. <laughs> of course, of course. We'll make sure to have those uh, set and ready for your next show. But speaking of the next show, Alex Cora is going to need to find a next uh occupation because he won the 2018 World Series in his debut season as the Red Sox manager, but he's also been linked to two sign-stealing schemes, so Cora and the team have mutually agreed to part ways. He beat the Dodgers in five games in 2018, a year after he won the World Series with the Astros as the assistant bench coach. Cora is still awaiting discipline from the uh, MLB, still under investigation with the whole Red Sox thing. Waiting for the punishment from the Astros thing. So uh, right now, it's pretty interesting and up in the air for Alex Cora. I, I don't know, guys. I wouldn't be uh, surprised if they get a ban here. And uh, he might be uh, pushed away from baseball. Might not be able to come back at all. Maybe a little Pete Rose situation. But we'll see what the uh, Major League Baseball has to offer for Cora. Cora leaving. Now this means 10 of the 30 Major League teams will start 2020 with a new manager. And this will be Boston's fifth in 10 years. So we'll see what happens with Boston once the uh, Major League Baseball kicks off in the spring. Let's switch over to the NFL, guys. Luke Keekley, very surprising here, is retiring from the NFL because it's the right thing to do. Keekley, 28 years old, posted a video on social media announcing his retirement. He was holding back tears, a very emotional video on, uh, I believe it was his Instagram or his Twitter. Uh, he says a quote from Keekley, quote, There's only one way to play this game since I was a kid. Play fast, play physical, play strong. And at this point, I don't know if I'm able to do it anymore. I still want to play, but I don't think it's the right decision. I thought about it for a long time. Now is the opportunity to step away with what's going on here. And what's going on here is the 2013 Defensive Player of the Year has missed seven games from 2015 to 2017 with a concussion. Oh, I'm mm. sure that had a huge factor into what his decision-making process was. Yeah, he wants was. to know his kids' names. Five yeah, years exactly. Enough. He wants to remember his kids' names. He wants to be able to, to walk and eat right. Uh, he finishes his career with 1,092 tackles, the most since 2012. So we are sadly going to miss Luke Keekley on the Panthers. And he walked and away from $11 million left on his contract. The, uh, that's, that's a long, that's a pretty hefty contract yep. there, if I do say so yep. myself. So. Yep. I guess uh, the future. You know something, health. guys. So and what is I don't that? Luck, Gronkowski, Baldwin, yep. Keekley, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, and thirty. Right? Those yep. those four guys over the last Absolutely. twelve months. Yep. And I got. And Joe, honestly, I don't. Let me say this. I don't think it's actually going to happen. But all the stuff you just said about Luke Keekley, can't you say the same exact thing for Cam Newton? He's twenty-nine years old. He's taken more hits than anyone. He's gotten injured a ton. He. 
has a choice to move on to another organization or whatever. Like Luck and Gronkowski, you think Cam Newton wouldn't have opportunities before him in his world, in fashion or in whatever, moving forward? You can make the same exact narrative for Cam Newton. He's been banged up. I think he's going to play and not retire. But listen, we're going to see this more and more. Cam has one thing that Keekley doesn't, and that's ego. So he will not walk away from this game out like that. Never going to happen. Yeah. Well, there's some runways out here in New York and best drop, best dress model and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, but he's a football, football player. player. <laughs> he in a fashion. He loves that fashion, but he's got major, major ego. And he's got a major payday coming his way, too, by the way. So whether it with Carolina or anybody else, somebody's going to pay him a boatload of money to come back. I think Cam's uh, bank account is already doing just fine. Because <laughs> yeah. that stops, yeah, because that stops, uh, you know, billionaires from wanting to make even more money. Right. I got you. Saying, listen, yeah. more and more players yeah. are considering, considering this. this and caring about the future. I'm just yeah. saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, right. if he cared about the future, he'd have said, <laughs> get me an offensive line or I'm leaving three years ago. He would have done instead of taking that abuse. We'll see yeah. if he likes Joe Brady or not. I was just, you know what, Dane? You, you like a mind reader. I was just going to get to that because that obviously plays a factor in it with uh, Joe Brady becoming the new offensive coordinator for the Panthers. LSU's passing coordinator now moves to the NFL. Uh, he was a former assistant with the Saints, so he has some NFL experience. And he helped Joe Burrow, I mean, dominate the college football season, greatest season ever, uh, Heisman Trophy winner. So uh, I think uh, Joe Brady's done a little good in his past uh, career, guys. He also won the Broyles Award, given the best assistant coach in college football. So, yes, Cam Newton will have a lot to think about when he has a new offensive coordinator if he stays with the Panthers. And you said it, he's got a big uh, hefty, uh, hefty purse coming his way. Uh, no matter where he goes. So we will see what happens with Cam Newton. The story continues. But we're going to send it back to the crew on Make It Rain, helping you win some cash this week. The Sports Grid Network. Let it rain! You remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> All right, here we go, guys. Uh, final hour here on the grid, sportsgrid.com. Uh, as we uh, get ready, big night uh, on the hardwood, uh, both in the NBA and in college hoops. As uh, we got 10 NBA games, we got 53 college, uh, college hoops games here. As we are uh, well on our way to conference play here in college uh, basketball. And the hits keep coming as... Another uh, another top five team uh, goes down this time. Uh, Duke on the road. Now, Clemson may have lost the national championship game in football, but their basketball team did the right thing by taking down the Blue Devils uh, as a ten and a half point dog last night there. A uh, huge payday for those nice. of you that were uh, smart enough to go ahead and uh, and back and listen to our friend uh, Ralph Michaels there and back Clemson on a money line. Which they, uh, which they have at home at close to uh, four dollars. Uh, but once again, proving that college hoops this year, a uh, March is going to be yeah. a free for all, guys. Do yeah. not, no do team. not sleep on, uh, do not sleep on a, uh, and just because you know, a five seed, four seed, three seed, there, you know, there is obviously still the upper echelon teams, but the blue bloods. Can or cannot, which is why the next three weeks, guys, in college hoops, next three to four weeks, 
is going to be crucial to determining who can separate themselves. And more importantly, keep an eye on, because the numbers are staggering. The ability to win on the road in conference play right now is proving to be absolutely crazy in college hoops. Teams can't win on the road. Home teams are dominating. Look at Maryland. Maryland's got 15 wins, guys. None of them on the road. They lost again last night in Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. You Duke lost again on the road at Clemson. It's proving very difficult in college hoops where these young teams having difficulty putting it all together, unless, of course, you're the Zags and you're up in the mountain, you know, Pacific Northwest. That's and what I was going to say. Yeah, you, everyone on there is 38 anyway. So, yes, but a lot of these other teams, home teams might be the smart way to uh, to back. Two undefeated teams remain. Auburn, San Diego State wins last night, too, 18-0 yeah. on the season. Don't sleep yeah. on them either. That's what I'm saying. Could this be a year for the mid-major to actually crack through? A Gonzaga, a Butler, you know? A Dayton. Take it down, VCU, last night. That's your on favorite. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, as we get ready for Championship Sunday, a lot else going on in the uh, world of sports, certainly from the sports investing standpoint. You also have uh, not just uh, college hoops, the NBA, NHL, getting ready for the All-Star break in a couple of weeks in St. Louis. But the three-week swing in the desert uh, begins on the PGA Tour uh, this weekend. And from here on out, guys, it is uh, a march to... Uh, well, the end of March, beginning of April, to the Masters here as the PGA Tour will take center stage. It'll start with the Abu Dhabi HSBC Classic, sure. the championship happening right now. Now, this is important because this is usually uh, this is the big Europe- European start to the season. And okay. the reason it's big is, number one, the world's number one is back. He's actually been hurt here, guys, and Brooks Kupka. Uh, has uh, has gone through a little bit of a uh, rough offseason here. He uh, hasn't played since October, but he is back in this. He also, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, the Korean, the North Korea, or the South Korea um, event that, uh, that Tiger ended up uh, doing right. really well at, he ended up withdrawing. He's just, he hasn't been ready, but he is ready to go in this one. And this Second is an choice. event. Cantley is the two-time yep. winner here, guys. Tommy Fleetwood is a winner mm-hmm. here. So some of the biggest names are going to be in this yeah. event, but at the same time, you've got the uh, in California that California swing is also taking place. The American Express that's happening at the PGA West in uh, in La Quinta, uh, La Quinta, La, uh, La what is it La Las Yeah, there you go. Uh, in hey. there, so. You've got a lot of golf coming your way here over the next couple of weeks. Two big ones uh, starting. It won't be long before the, uh, uh, you know, what's the one with Bill Murray every year that the uh, the guys Brown come out? The, uh, yeah, the Pro-Am that they oh, have. Oh, in there. Arizona, right? That gets <laughs> yeah, wild. that's coming. The yep, Phoenix Open, the Waste coming. Management one or whatever it is, I think. Yeah, waste they, Management. Yeah, they, they get wild. It's all coming, yep. They'll yeah. eventually make their way to Florida. They start out west. 
Yes. They'll make it to Florida right before the Masters in March. Right. You'll have the Honda Classic. Then they'll go to Mexico. They'll go to Bay Hill. And then Tiger. It'll be all Tiger all day, uh, every day here from March through the beginning of the Masters. So don't sleep. Some great opportunities to be able to cash some tickets. And like, uh, like Dane will attest to, it's amazing on a Saturday or Sunday or, hell, even a Friday afternoon, Having just a few bucks on a couple of matches or somebody, it's amazing how much more interesting. And now you're checking golf scores at work on Friday going, what in the That's hell right. is going on? I'll check it all. special. Absolutely. <laughs> it Absolutely. And by the way, Joe, I got a tea time Friday morning down at your neck of the woods as well. So, you know, golf season. Let's swing on into it. What's that? I, did you check the weather? Yeah, they say it's raining a little bit Friday, but I feel yeah, they, like you told me in Florida, it can say it's raining, but that means like 20 minutes, right? So it's you'll all be all right. Yeah, we'll just, see. We usually we love this time of year in South Florida because it's supposed to be no humidity. It's nice. Yeah. It's in the Yeah. Yeah. When it rains, it rains because it's humid as ass down here, Dane. So uh, yeah. get ready, we'll my right. friend. I will get pack appropriately. Sweat in the shade. That's what's going to happen here, brother. I will pack appropriately, brother. But just so you know, here on the U.S. one, you mentioned the American Express. Uh, yeah. Ricky Fowler is the favorite at yeah. 9-1. to one. Uh, Then you got, like, Casey, Tony Finau, Molinari, as names we know. On the European yep. event, Abu Dhabi, Cantlay, who you said is the defending champ, he's yep. the favorite, plus 850. Then you got, listen, names we know. You mentioned Kepka and Fleetwood, and then a yep. little bit of a gap to guys like DeChambeau, Shane Lowry, and my guy, Louis U, stays in there Louis. at 16-1. Louis U. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, we're back in there swing. There is uh, some work. Keep an eye on. I don't know what his number is, but uh, Sergio is a guy that uh, some of the uh, some of the folks are uh, whispering about here. I think he just turned 40 or 41 or something along those lines. Okay. I, maybe ju- he just turned 40, and they're saying his game is as good as it's ever been, and this is, this is exactly the kind of place that uh, he loves to putt on. It's Bermuda Greens. Uh, I'm sure it's got to be a huge number, but uh, don't sleep on him in that one either. Uh, that's if he doesn't actually lose his lunch and get thrown off the golf course like he did, uh, you know, last year uh, because he uh, hit a ball in the sand and wasn't. He's a little bit of a hothead. Hopefully sure. Sergio learns as he gets older. That's it's not worth blood, it. Joe. That's just <laughs> like John Rahm, you know? It's no, Spanish exactly. blood. You know? Exactly. But if he's in good form, right, <laughs> I looked. If you want to be uh, – if you want to have some fun with it, Joe, what he's 55 to 1 to win the Masters. Really? And the Masters is, of course, he's been at before. Defended he's one of those yep. guys. He has yep. done well there. If he's in good form, he's one of those guys that can be around. 55 to 1, brother man. It, uh, is there a uh, repeat Tiger odds yet? What is his uh, future odd on the Masters? Do they have it out? Right now, Tiger is the third choice. Ooh, not even the favorite, huh? He's the third choice at 10 to 1. Really? Uh, yep, he's the third choice, 10 to 1 right now, at least over That'll on FanDuel. That'll be 4 to 1 by, uh, by Thursday. <laughs> so the public will hammer him. If he's third, who do you got, behind, who do you got uh, ahead of him I, as the choice? I got to figure, right, uh, it's got to be either Rory. Uh, it's got to be up there, right? Rory is 1 or 2. Right, favorite at 7 to 1. Is and then Kupka up there? Uh, Yep, and then Kepka at eight to one. So and Rory Smith has got to be there too. No, to Tiger's the third choice at ten. Then you got a group at twelve to one, which is DJ and Rom. Yeah. 
Ooh. then Justin Thomas, uh, Rose, Fowler, and Spieth are all 17 to 1. Really? Then you get into and you taught me, Joe, you taught me that the pond to fish in for this is around the 20 kind of yep. number, right? Mm-hmm. And listen, those, those names there at between 20 to 25, they look good to me, Joe. It's our boy Shoffley at 22, yep. Yep. Uh, Jason Day at 27, mm-hmm. Cantlay at 27, Molinari, Matsuyama. These yep. are guys that I'm going to take an interesting look at in about two months. Isn't it amazing, though, Dana? Even, uh, you know, you, you, listen, you throw a couple of bucks down and a couple of guys, 25 to 1, you forget about it come April. Uh, watch how much value you get in that uh, in that spread there in the 20s. Because that's Tony Finau's year. Could this be my man, yeah, Tony Finau? Exactly correct. Yep, that's uh, oh, thirty-three to one, Joe. Good to get. Uh, it's good to get golf back in the uh, in the mix. Diversify, people. Diversify, <laughs> and also a big shout out to uh, all of uh, actually our uh, our peeps in New Jersey here, our friends at uh, at FanDuel and PointsBet and DraftKings and everybody else here. A monster uh, end to the year in December as the numbers came out in total. $558 million in December was wagered altogether in 2019. $4.5 billion in total, Dane, was thrown in there. 84% of that $4.5 billion, right on the phone, guys. You hear right that on the damn phone. You hear that promo? Jesus, I'm just, yeah. Uh, now, we will have the Vegas numbers. Which is, I think, it's a good litmus test. Since we have Jersey, in two weeks we'll have the the Nevada numbers there, and I think it'll be interesting to compare to see where it is uh, right now, as far as in because that's the daddy of them all there, the West Coast over there in Nevada. So it'll be interesting to see where they are. The bulk of the uh, the earnings came from the two big books there in FanDuel and uh, and DraftKings. Uh, so some of the other places, I mean, think about it, though. Eighty four percent, Dane, 84 freaking percent of four and a half billion dollars. It's I mean, while brick and mortars are nice, they're cool to hang out with if they're a part of something else. Eighty four. I, I mean, 84 percent is absurd, Dane. Absolutely absurd. And New York, I got how much would you say New York? What percentage of New York is respond? New York residents responsible I, for that 84% over the bridge, taking a ferry, that sort of right. stuff. Got to be 30%. No, I would think so. And the same for like Philadelphia, you know, yeah. Oh, right? Yeah, um, you're absolutely, so absolutely. correct. Absolutely. Joe, yeah. I can't wait. Because, you know, I'm flying down to Miami tomorrow. I'm doing it at a Newark airport. So guess what I'm going to be doing at the gate? Might as well. <laughs> I'll be yep. on my FanDuel Sportsbook app trying to figure out how to hedge my damn Green Bay Packers. Yep. And maybe the biggest number of them all, guys, is the number collected in taxes from sports oh, yeah. betting in New Jersey. $100 million yes. in Rebuild state the revenue. Rebuild the New Jersey no Turnpike. No potholes, guys. Yeah. Zero excuses. Let's go. Make it better. That's the point. That's the point. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. 
We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. still time for you guys to uh, head over to YouTube if you haven't done so already and make sure you are subscribing to our page, our network, the Sports Grid Network there on YouTube because you get all the sports investing and fantasy advice you need all the time on YouTube. Never miss a show, Sports Grid Network, and uh, make sure while you're on Instagram checking out your model girlfriends today, make sure you head over to at Sports Grid TV. And make sure you click the follow button there as well. And do not fret it, guys. We told you. Golf is here, man. The uh, the hour, the uh, the desert swing is beginning here. And if you want to be the next Daily Fantasy Golf legend, it's pretty simple. You can go for the green finally with DailyRoto.com and do so because this fantasy golf season will be profitable. And for a limited time, you can get free access to DailyRoto's PGA DFS products, including... Fantasy projections powered by Data Golf. You got PGA betting tools. And of course, the DailyRoto.com Fantasy Golf Optimizer. So here it is. No reason for you guys to lay up. Go for the green. Do it with Daily Roto. Head over to DailyRoto.com. Enter that promo code GREEN to access your free seven day golf membership right now. That's DailyRoto.com. The promo code is GREEN, and you've got yourself. A free seven-day trial. And remember that uh, DailyRoto.com, guys, it is where millionaires are made. He's the quarterback. He's the trigger man. And that's the exciting part for me. I've worked with a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of great ones over the years. And I'm looking forward to hunkering down with him and, and getting to work. And like any one of our players, when they walk in the building, we'll have a detailed plan for them about how they're going to improve. And Baker, as a young player, they're the the sky's the limit, but we're going to put in the work to get it done with Baker. Yes, yes, yes. Also, this will be, and, uh, you know, part of me on a level, that's, uh, of course, the new uh, the new offensive coordinator there. Uh, I'm sorry, new head coach, <coughs> wannabe offense coordinator. Uh, Kevin Stefanski there, former uh, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, offensive coordinator there with that really prolific, um, you know, really innovative offense that you guys watch against the 49ers. Dynamic. Uh, he is now <laughs> bringing this over to uh, Baker Mayfield. And listen, the truth is, this is going to be, and this has been a, a worry of of mine with, of course, uh, Sam Donald and a list of others, guys. Ryan Tannehill, this was the problem. Uh, this is going to be his third offensive coordinator, third offensive system now in his three years in the league. Now, liking him personally or or what he does on any level, I get it. You know, he rubs people a lot the wrong way. Right. But the truth is, I mean, the guy was a number one draft pick and maybe he was drafted a little high, not. But the one thing I know, I don't care if you're number one, if you're number 250, if you're number 100, if you don't have some sort of continuity and stability in the NFL yeah. in the quarterback position, you are you're done. You guys are absolutely done. And it's been proven time and time again, guys, that 
quarterbacks coming out of college into the NFL, they've got that three-year window where you you right. need to see progression over the next three years, and you can tell everything about what that quarterback is going to be moving forward as far as longevity and can you win yeah. with him. Uh, this is huge. And to have three now, this is the third in three years, a, th- a new system, new everything, uh, it, it sucks for him. And, and uh, you know, while he creates a lot of his own drama and a lot of the aggravation himself, um, this guy not having it was the same thing here with Tannehill down here. The guy was a wide receiver in college, drafted as a quarterback, and he went through four guys uh, before he ended up with Gase uh, by the time it just you keep doing it to these guys and everyone wants instant results. But you look at the quarterbacks who have been successful. It's stability. It's having having yeah. the same situation and guys to grow with. And he's got his third now, Dane. And I have no idea whether or not, I mean, from what I've seen from Stefanski, I, congratulations, but I, you know, to me, it's going to be a running offense. Is it not? Isn't this going to be Nick Chubb? I mean, it should be at least it should be this year, considering what you did with, you know, with Dalvin cook and company there, it should be the Nick Chubb game, but I, I don't know how much, I, I don't know what to think with him. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't know. I think that's true. In a similar way, we don't know about Judge Joe Judge at this level. We don't know about Matt Rule at this level, right? But the point that you make that I do tremendously agree with is that despite what you may think of the persona, the personality, the arrogance, whatever word you want to put on it, immaturity mm-hmm. of Baker Mayfield, and I think that that is in place, the point is you have to be equipped to succeed, right? And we just finished talking about how, like, you know, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, who is primed to take over the AFC East, right? And we talked about quarterbacks, like, going into their third year, going into their fourth year. You mentioned that three-year window. They're supposed to be ascending now, right? They're supposed to look like Deshaun Watson right now, right? okay? And even veteran quarterbacks, Joe— When there's a new OC or they go to a new team, what do they say? They say it's like learning a new language, you know, a new scheme. And so now, in essence, it's year one all over again for Baker. It's year it was year one when he was a rookie. It was year one this year under a new system with Freddie Kitchens. And it's year one again next year. He doesn't have a chance to know the offense inside and out, to know the plays he likes best, to have chemistry with the rest of the personnel, to know all the hot routes inside and out, to know where to go. That takes time and talent. And he doesn't have that time. So I don't like him. Right. But from a sheer players and, uh, you know, production standpoint, this is putting Baker behind the eight ball because it's year one all over again when he should be ascending. Oh, okay. well, there you go, though, that that is what it is. Right. This idea of now. Uh, You know, they have to start at square one, at least with terminology, with scheme. He may do things a little bit different. To Joe's question on will this be more of a running team, you know, for me, it comes down to, like, based on what we've seen, right, he wanted to establish Dalvin Cook to the point where he alienated some of the wide receivers early on in the uh, Viking season. Remember, Diggs came out and said some stuff. Thielen came out and was talking when this looked so run heavy. 
I wonder if they can do that, though, you know, with Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, because, you know, I mean, if Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen were starting to stay stuff, you know, Odell and Jarvis will. My question is, just like with every coach, we say it all the time. We praise the coaches who are able to morph what they do to fit the personnel of the team. I don't know if Stefanski is going to be do that. I don't know if that's the kind of guy he is, right? Does he see that he has elite talent on the outside and adjust and become maybe less of a running scheme? I'm not sure. The other thing to think about here is what does this mean for someone like Kareem Hunt? Remember, Kareem Hunt was there on a kind of one-year prove-a-deal after the incident where he was blackballed and suspended, uh, what happened in the kind of hotel um, hallway that was on video. But he's a free agent now, right? If you're going to be an incredibly heavy run scheme, you may want to try to keep Chubb and Hunt. I don't know if that's fiscally possible for the Cleveland Browns, right? But I think that will be a linchpin to it. And then the other kind of news we heard, we touched on it a little bit, is this Joe Brady going to the Carolina Panthers. And I got a couple things. One, remember uh, last week when I, I, me and Joe were going back and forth, and I said I like the Carolina job. And one of the reasons I said I liked the Carolina job was that the new owner was going to throw money at this, uh, David Tepper. And Joe responded back that, well, throwing money is not always the way you get it done. And I agree with that at the players. You don't try to buy yourself a champion. But another thing we've talked about is there ain't no salary cap for coaches. I mean, John Gruden has a $10 million deal. Okay, and that's a way you could try to do it. So they went out and bought out Matt Rule, gave him a huge contract, and they went out and found who could have been the hottest idea of a coordinator possible. Now, he was from the Saints, remember, so learned under that system. And I I honestly believe these Carolina Panthers, if they try to bring that kind of game to the Carolina Panthers, when you have Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, those are the kinds of playmakers that if you get them out in space, they can do a lot of work. I think this could move the needle for someone like Cam Newton, whether it's that he wanted to be traded, wanted to walk away, whatever the case may be. He sees the potential in this kind of uh, scheme with this kind of offense, with Rule and Brady, knowing that he still has developing weapons. This could convince him that he wants to take a shot at it and join the new era. Remember, Cam Newton is only 30 and kind of in that same age as a Rob Gronkowski, a Doug Baldwin, what we just saw out of Luke Keekley. But maybe this inspires him to want to kind of give it the old college try just a little bit more. And that's what I think we have to think about. All right. So Here's what we're going to do. We're going to probably get Joe back on the other side of the break. What we are going to do at that point is we got championship games to look at, people. All right? So you got your lines right here. Chiefs are still 7.5-point favorites. Niners are still 7.5-point favorites. Pretty much identical numbers on the money line as well. Your totals haven't moved as much. I know Joe was talking a little bit about the totals. We'll get into that conversation, and I'll also bounce this off him. You know I'm holding the Packers to win the NFC Futures ticket. You know I'm holding the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl ticket. How, you know, ways that I could have hedged off this, talked a little bit about this um, in yesterday's show, I've got another idea. If the Packers are my futures and the Chiefs are my futures, it sounds to me 
like the San Francisco 49ers are like my whammy, right? No whammy, no whammy, no whammy, and stop. So if the San Francisco 49ers are my whammy, I think I have another way to skin the cat that may not be a technical cover-for-cover cover hedge, but could pay off real nice if ultimately the 49ers crush my future tickets. I'll tell you what I'm thinking about. If we have Joe, I'll bounce that off him as well. It's make it rain here. We try and get you to win that cash right here on Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Come on back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, guys, welcome back in here. Time to make it rain as we uh, take a look at the markets uh, for the upcoming championship Sunday. Now, we talked about uh, Kansas City yesterday uh, and exactly uh, Tennessee and what the market has uh, been telling us there. I can yeah. tell you this. I, I think that the real heavyweight fight is going to be in the uh, in the NFC here as these teams are a combined, what, 28 and six? Both came off first round buys, both won at home and covered in the divisional round. Uh, and now we've got a situation where the 49ers opened up quickly as a seven point home favorite and continue two thirds of the bets continuing, Dane, uh, including actually some, some early uh, pro money there backing San Francisco, which pushed it up to seven and a half for a little while there. And very similar to like we talked about in the Kansas City game yesterday that we had the juice leaning also on the road dog like we had it with uh, Tennessee. Same type of situation with the Packers. Uh, I do think it's obviously going to be somewhere around that seven for a while. I do think there's a possibility it'll come back down, maybe even under seven at some point as those cheese heads continue to uh, to hammer home the uh, the money. But the total. Also very interesting, 45, and again, two-thirds of the bets coming in on the over, and yet that mm. that ain't moving. It ain't moving. Still around that 45, Dane. And what we know about conference championship games since 2003, overs are 18 and 11, 62%. Really? Outdoor playoff championship games, unders, 77 and 58, 57%, including a four and two mark here this postseason. So we do have a an update on the ref. Uh, John okay. Husey is the lead ref. He historically is a 55% against the spread home team and under ref. So and he's the ref for the NFC game or the AFC game? The NFC game. He is going to be okay. the NFC game. So he is 55 and 56%. Uh, to the home team and to the under. I don't think it looks like ten. Weather, fine. Everything all looks fine. The under 10 and 7 in Packers games, 8, 8 and 1 in 49ers games. And of course, the 37 to 8 beatdown right. that happened back in week 12. They were a three point home favorite, San Francisco. So it's the money continues to come in right around the same situation there. We see a lot of, lot of bets to the over, but it's not moving. We see an awful lot of money there towards San Francisco, but. Again, it's not moving. So 
We are seeing some frozen line action here in both of these aspects to the under and to Green Bay. And I think way more Green Bay money is going to come as we get closer to that game, Dane. We might be under seven before it's uh, before kickoff. That's really interesting. Um, it is still seven and a half over at our friends on FanDuel. Uh, like you said, the juice a little bit different. Um, question for you, Joe. You were just talking about the New Jersey handle vis-a-vis mm-hmm. -vis the Nevada handle. When I see the home team, San Francisco 49ers, is there going to be a chance that this NFC Championship game is under a touchdown in the East Coast, but over a touchdown out in Vegas? I I don't think because of the sheer numbers that this game okay. is going to have. And, and okay. even looking at it some of these like West Coast on the books. number, maybe, and you get a hook somewhere else. Like, I'm just saying the regional money, right? There's going to be a lot of Niners money, more Niners, I would think, out there on the West Coast by California in the desert. We've talked about this before in, like, college football, how regional lines are a little different. Could it be that dramatic? Because it's so close to the, the key number of seven. Could it be different? I don't. I, I'm fairly certain the seven was the right mark, and you can tell because it hasn't shot up really one way okay. or the other. So, so far... The the money from the pros that they want um, has pretty much told them they're within a point here. They're within at least okay. a half a point. I mean, I can look. There are in some Atlantic places City, seven and a half in Vegas. That's a difference. Yeah. Well, no, a lot of the, I'm looking at, at three or four of these Vegas books are all seven and a half as well. So okay. there's all a right. couple of sevens. There's even a nine out there right now really? to show you how crazy it is. Yeah, there's actually uh, a nine out there on the board. So around the country. So right. to your point, regionalism going to play. And we know that a lot of that California money comes in on Friday, Friday right. and Saturday Mayday. in Vegas. They, they hop in the car and they go over uh, in that direction. Uh, but I, I think you're also going to get a lot of that with the because it's at that key number. I do think that uh, if I'm a the pro betters might be waiting to see what happens with the uh, with the Green Bay uh, aspect or even with that Friday trip from all those uh, who get paid in California and cross over to yep. see maybe if they're going to back to 49ers in Northern California, right. uh, there could be some buyback if it gets pushed up anymore. I think ultimately right. though, I think green Bay, if it's near seven, I think green Bay will get hammered at that key number at some point, And then it, it should drop under. I think it'll get to under seven before kickoff. All right. Sounds good. I was just wondering, right? Cause maybe that late just got my paycheck. Drive yeah. across state lines, that would be 49ers money, right? Which may take it from seven and a half to seven that you're not getting that kind of thing happening in Jersey as much. I wonder if the hook could be live in one place but not the other. Joe, remember how I've been looking for this hedging on this futures stuff, right? I have mm -hmm. Green Bay to win the NFC, Kansas City to win the Super Bowl. Let me bounce something else off you real quick. So it's clear that the San Francisco 49ers are like my whammy, right? They're the one that mess up both of those things for me. I got an idea. If San Francisco were to bang out my Packers and then bang out my Chiefs, a 49er would be the Super Bowl MVP, right? Uh, if that happens... Yeah, because if not, I got my futures bet hit. If not, I got my futures bet. So, who, so what are out. the odds? What are we looking so at? So check it out. Right. That's what I'm saying. So I don't want to do, because right now they have MVP odds, but they're all 
inflated, right? Because your team even has to win two games to even really be the MVP still. But I've got protection on the other team. So I'm looking at the 49ers that are listed, Joe. And Jimmy G is actually the second choice on the board. Pat Mahomes is the favorite right now for a Super Bowl MVP at basically two to one. Jimmy G is like three to one. Then there's a big gap. Joe, there are key people, key cogs of the San Francisco offense that are astronomical MVP odds. George Kittle, 30 to one. Debo Samuel, 50 to one. Raheem Mostart, 50 to one. Tevin Coleman, 50 to 1. What, what, what about throwing a couple of shares on some of these guys? Because if they don't get there, it's all good. I hit my Packers bet. If they get there and lose, I think it's to the Chiefs. It's all good. I hit my Super Bowl futures bet. If San Francisco does get through, though, maybe I'm holding a 50 to 1 MVP ticket. What do you think about that approach? I... I... The problem with that idea is that every one of those guys you just every one of them can win. The guy that won't win is probably Garoppolo. That that I'm right. more confident in that Garoppolo won't win it, but Ooh, any one of me. those guys absolutely right. could, which me. means you're just diminishing you're diminishing your profitability number one and you're diminishing the actual unless you've got to play every one of them, but then at that point you're laying, it, it doesn't make right. any sense. You're you're I eating into your profit. If, if I was going to bet on the MVP I would double down and go Aaron Rodgers because in all likelihood, if they do win, his ass is going to be the MVP one way or the other. So of all the guys you just mentioned, the one dude you didn't, Aaron Rodgers, to me, is the one guy that's heads and tails. So he might be the favorite, but I would rather forget about hedging. I'd rather back and say, I've already got Green Bay. Um, Give me Aaron Rodgers to get it done, too, as well, because I'm way more confident than him. I, I don't want to put money out on Kittle and Mo. Like every one of the, the that's the problem with the 49ers. Every right, one of those damn spread. dudes could have a monster game. I would have to spread it, but they're 50 to one, Joe. You know what I mean? Like that, that would be it. I would spread around. I would cover three of them, but yeah. at 50 to one, you know, I, Hey, it's just another way to skin the cap, but you like Rogers. Rogers is eight to one, Joe. Right now, Mahomes is the favorite two to one. Jimmy G is in essence, five to two. And then it's, Rodgers, 8-1, to one, Tannehill, 12, Henry, 17, and then it gets to uh, Kelsey and some of the other kind of more... Uh, if Green Bay wins, uh, his ass is going to be the MVP. It's going to happen with him. I mean, I'm Jones will be nice. They'll go so ahead and back him. Instead of hedge. But you have Kansas City as the winner, right? Yes. I have Green Bay to win the NFC. Just the NFC. Okay. Correct. But you have Kansas, Kansas City to win, to win the Super Bowl. That's why at each level, San Francisco is my whammy. You know? So that's why it'd be getting ahead of it. Well, then betting you, the just make one bet. Just make one bet on San. I mean, if you know San Francisco is going to be your issue, then just make yeah, one whammy, bet on yeah. San Francisco to hedge it and be done yeah. with it. Every Good. other outcome works in your favor. So right. then if you want to take so a half why- that. That's why I push my luck. Yeah, but that's why I push my luck and not half, but a smaller fraction on these 50 to 1 MVPs on that team. Again, the player, the problem with player props, MVP, two out of three of those guys get hurt. One guy gets hurt. Especially with this team. Yeah, you're screwed. Yeah, you know what I I mean? Now you just wasted money in what? One bet. One outcome. There's only one outcome that hurts you, and that's San Francisco. San Francisco. Yes. Back San Francisco, they, I have one bet. That's it. They are my yeah. way. 
Yes. Back it out. You know what I mean? And then if you do like, and I don't mind the MVP play because I do, I do think this is where if you're going to bang for an upset, right, uh, then go with the upsets. Go Derrick Henry and go, you know, and go Aaron Rod. What's Derrick Henry running right now for an MVP? Super Bowl MVP, Derrick Henry, 17 to 1. Fifth choice throw, overall. Throw a couple of bucks. Because if it, everything goes haywire, <laughs> there's, you know what I mean? We know who's going to be the MVP there by well, they far. We know. They got Tannehill at 12 to 1. Yeah. Henry at 17 to 1. It's going to be one of those two guys. I mean, that's for hell sure it's going to be. So, uh, see, yeah. I'm not worried about stuff against the wall. Give, give me the bombs. Uh, and if San Francisco is the only one that can screw you, that's one bet, call your ass. 50 to 1. Those are the bombs. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, yeah, those are bombs for a, a reason, but it doesn't make any sense. You're, you're hedging in order to protect your investment. You're trying to hit home runs that could go hard because if they don't win altogether, you're screwed anyway. You got more chances to lose than you do to win. So why create more opportunities for you to lose and hope that you hit the long shot uh, instead of just covering what you want, which is if they don't win, if they if Green Bay loses, I'm covered one way or the other. Plus, I still have Kansas City because you have it on both ends, which is perfect. I mean, you've got I'm just trying to get cute with it. I'm just trying yeah. to get cute. I, I no, acknowledge that. Get cute that. with the MVP, but at seven, Aaron Rodgers is seven to one. Really? Eight, uh, eight to one. Yep. Who who picks the uh, who picks the MVPs of the Super Bowl again? Is it the writers? I think so. Uh, yeah, I think they'll, so. They'll, they'll, yeah. If he throws for 100 yards and one touchdown, they'll blow enough smoke up okay, his ass okay. to give Aaron Rodgers right. okay. the MVP. Yeah, that's true. It won't even be close. So uh, I don't know that Jimmy's that loved either, to tell you the truth. You know, I, that's by why I look at the non-Jimmy G 49ers. You know what I mean? Uh, and the 49ers are the kind of team, if they win, it's going to be like a Debo Samuel trick play. It's yeah. going to be like three goal line touchdowns from most start, that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And that by the way, the it death. could be, I don't know what, it, it could be a defensive player with that's that team. I was going to say Boza. Boza's 42 to 1. Wow. So, Sherman. Yeah. Sherman. Sherman's another guy. 85. How much? 85 to 1. I could be. be yeah. Right. Defense could very much hit. win the day. Yep. Yeah. He picked off Patty Mahomes. Pick six to win the game. That's, that's hey. correct. Now, you don't want to cover yourself with, well, we'll talk about that. Cover yourself with Tennessee. I'm, DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.
All right, guys, morning after coming your way. Dana and I will be back uh, tomorrow, uh, 7 a.m., getting you all caught up and getting ready for another day. A little bit closer, of course, to Championship Sunday, but there are some uh, games uh, loaded there, 53 college hoops games tonight, 10 in the NBA, a couple in the NHL. And uh, my uh, make it rain play of the night, Dane, is uh, I'm thinking of you with this play, and um, I've already bet it, and we are ready to rock and roll. And one of the things that we uh, we talked about uh, many, many moons ago was just how profitable your Mr. Uh, your Mr. Bayheim is yep. there in the dome. Uh, in Me and Ariel first blew play. it tonight. Me and Ariel first blew it. Play in the first half have been absolutely ah. to the tune of 83%, guys. The unders. Yes. Backing Jim Beheim in Syracuse in yes. the Carrier Dome in conference play. It yes. has been absolute straight money. So you do have an interesting situation here uh, because you do have actually a pretty decent total number at 138 is what it opened up. And I expect that to drop. But first half total okay. is 65. Give me the under 65 in the Carrier Dome here as BC gets a little flummoxed. Early on, working with that 2-3 zone, and of oh. course, not exactly an easy place to uh, to get your rhythm on shooting. So, uh, give me Syracuse uh, under first half there against BC. You're laying 12. It's a big uh, it's a big darn number there because yeah. BC is taking a page out of the football book there apparently. But uh, yeah, I like uh, I like the cues to keep it under and stifle Boston College in the first half. Let's go, Joe. You talked Let's about it. Cues. Yep. The depth perception in that building is a real challenge for shooters. Yep. I'm telling you, it sounds silly, but it's true. That in the 2-3 zone, when you see the length there for the first time, it's tough to deal with it. You hear that? Blew it. Let's go on. have to get used to it. It really does. Takes teams, and, and that's why it's been one of the time. most profitable bets first during the season for like years it. with Bayheim is that the first half under is teams, it takes them the second zone half. And the, the atmosphere. Yeah, Keep it under. I like it. Yep, keep it under. And then, of Let's course, uh, we'll we'll cover this. We'll get you caught up. Don't forget, we got uh, we got a little UFC on Saturday. We'll uh, on, we'll a on that tomorrow. Cowboy guy wheeling him into the ring. It's unbelievable. Good luck with your plays tonight, guys. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Morning after is next. Good luck.